Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. It is Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant, your Thursday host. And it's Thursday, March 3rd, but as you guys know, I am out trying to earn the almighty dollar. But I did pre-record some some content for you guys. And guys, I have a special guest. I have Diane Sayer. And as you guys know, this is like libertarian-based political discussion. Diane is proactively seeking a a Senate seat against, she's going to be running against Chuck Schumer. Diane, thanks once again for joining me. You're welcome. So how are you doing? What's going on? What, what, let's, let's say we all get bees in our bonnets. We get upset over things. We want issues out there that we want to talk about for you tonight. What direction do you want to go in first? Well, I think we are in a very bad trajectory toward a possible nuclear war. uh, And also, along with that, either separate or together, a blowout of the transatlantic financial system. Yeah, so everybody's seeing inflation, right? And we're seeing this, this problematic situation where every single day we go fill up our car, gas goes up milk is more expensive our basic needs seem to be every single day getting harder and harder to attain is that what you're talking about or is it even worse than that well it's much worse actually uh because the intent is to destroy russia and the sanctions for example the sanctions on russia which produces a huge amount of the world's fertilizer means that you're going to have an increase in starvation all over the planet. Uh, The prices of fertilizer have gone way out of control, but since Russia is a big producer, this is going to be very badly affected. And I'll just read you something from Bruno Le Maire, who's the French finance minister. In other words, what is Putin reacting to? Is he, was he really totally unprovoked? And he just up and one day said, gee, I think I'm going to invade Ukraine. Is that what happened? Or is there a legitimacy to his claim that there's an intent to destroy Russia, a targeting of Russia? So from the French finance minister, he said, quote, yes, the sanctions are effective. The sanctions imposed on Russia are even frighteningly effective. And I do not want to leave any ambiguity about the European determination on this issue. We are going to wage an all out financial and economic war against Russia. and then he says, the, the host asks him against Russia or against Putin? And he says against Russia, against Putin, against his government. But the Russian people will also pay the consequences. Let's be clear. We want to target the heart of the Russian system. We target Vladimir Putin. We target the oligarchs, but we also target the entire Russian economy. Well, that's so, so that's so disappointing to me, right? Because. As always, and look, my libertarian creds are solid. I am anti-war. I'm anti-violence. I know that there's people behind these regimes that when we go to war, they're the ones that get punished, right? Like when we're dumping out Russian vodka, first of all, we're hurting ourselves. Second of all, we're hurting small business people that already bought that, paid for that. Like, what are we doing here? 
somebody's got to help me. Diane, help me. With right. This. Well, I'll tell you the sanctions we're imposing on Russia, because remember, we began sanctions actually for a long time, and Schumer has supported every single one of them. Uh, we started under Obama. Right before Trump came in, Obama did everything he could to judo that relationship. We expelled dozens of Russian diplomats. We shut down their um, retreat in Long Island. Uh, then somehow the ambassador of Russia to Turkey was shot dead in the middle of a museum tour. And on Christmas day of 2016, the entire Russian Red Army chorus, which was on its way to Syria to cheer up the troops who were fighting ISIS, somehow the plane crashed in the Black Sea and the entire Red Army Chorus died on Christmas Day. Okay, so I'm not going to say what was behind that exactly, but you look at all the context. I don't think it's merely paranoia that Russia feels that they're under attack. Um, then they were blamed for stealing the election, even though everyone admitted there was no evidence to support that. It explicitly was proven they didn't hack the DNC server, but nonetheless, sanctions were imposed. Hey, let me jump in there because people seem to forget, like people are still saying Russia put Donald Trump in office. Russia right. did this. Russia did that. They're still saying it, even though it's been disproven. All of the main like pieces of evidence were, were what is it? I, I, <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? It's opposition research, right? They're like yeah. trying to find bad things. And and the people who wrote it were like, yeah, that was like bar talk. I don't know where this stuff came up from. So, and look, right. I'm not and you a- have the new revelations from Durham, from his investigation, proving that Horowitz was sitting on piles of documents implicating Hillary Clinton, the DNC, the FBI, this whole, you know, fusion GPS, the whole thing. The whole thing always smelled fishy to me. And and look, I, I'm not even I'm not a Trump fan. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I'm telling you that the people that want him to run again is, is it the mainstream media. It's the Democrats on the left wing because <laughs> right, no it makes one gets, them a lot of money. Yeah, right. he makes them he makes right. them bank. They're the ones that want him to run again, man. So when we go down this this Russian wormhole, like so you're saying the world is out to basically break up the Soviet Union, break up the U- Well, the what Russia? it goes to is this. Um, Lyndon LaRouche, who I'm a student of, I'll put it that way, worked with him for 33 years till he died in 2019, uh, warned in the 1960s already about the U.S. going into the so-called post-industrial economy, right? You don't produce, you don't manufacture. And once Nixon decoupled the dollar from gold, so you had no standard for the value of the dollar or currencies. You you just got a wild inflation where somehow the less we produced, the higher the stock market went. We decoupled value, real value from the market. Like there used to be back, back when I first started investing and I was never a very good investor. Don't get me wrong. Right. But there was this, this, um, sales to, to, uh, value multiplier that we used to use to value a company. And if it got above 18, we'd want to be thinking about selling it. And when it got below 12, we take a look at the financial outlook of this company. And then perhaps we would buy more. Now those multipliers are like in the hundreds and thousands. And they, they've right. added this, this notion right. of growth. Like if it's growing right. fast enough. And it's meanwhile, how old are the pipes 
right? How old is the sewage system in, in New York City? A century or so? People drown when we have rain. We yeah. have buildings burning down in the Bronx. We have potholes that will swallow your car, bridges collapsing. So it's a complete fiction. Now, what, what you have is a group of billionaires, these bankers that met at the COP26, where Prince Charles presided over the thing. And he said, global Britain, global Britain. What is that? It's a bunch of banks who say they have $40 trillion at their disposal. They don't like sovereign nations. They want people to shut down their fossil fuels and, and they want control of the planet, no sovereignty. And they particularly hate big nations which are growing like India, China, Russia, and uh, Klaus Schwab singled out China explicitly because he so, said, isn't me, it terrible that getting out of poverty causes you to use fossil fuels? This Klaus Schwab guy, like, look, I want him to be a clone. I want him to be a figment of everyone's imagination. And, and unfortunately he's not like, he's a real figure. He has real like connections to this, the, these elite leaders in the world. Right? Yes. Yes, and people should know he's out cheering rah-rah for Ukraine, for Ukraine oh. to just ex exterminate itself, because that's what's going to happen. Ukraine is just going to be used. You're, uh, you're, you're putting forth the theory, right, that, that this thing is Russia, the part of the NATO alliance, they, they kind of want Ukraine and Russia to fight and destroy each other. Is that? Well, yeah. The Look, you have to go back to really farther but let's take 2013 2014 when obama and biden his vice president with five billion dollars from the national endowment for democracy overthrew the democratically elected government of ukraine 2014 the coup was completed in 2014. all right let me let me we're gonna head into a break once again i've got to say thank you to wysl who puts us on Every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, you've got Kevin Wilson, you've got Larry Sharp, you've got me, Tim O'Connor, sometimes Andrew Hollister, Craig Miles has been making appearances on Wednesdays. Guys, we're going to be right back after this break. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. It's Tim O'Connor, The Freedom Variant. Joining me today 
is Diane Sayer. She's a candidate for U.S. Senate. She's running against Chuck Schumer here in New York State. And guys, as a libertarian, I'm dedicated to that. I want to turn this this system that we have. I want to turn it a little bit upside down. I want us to look at it a little bit differently. Diane certainly has presented some interesting information. We're going to talk some more about this. It's on the top of everybody's mind, this Russia-Ukraine issue. Um, Diane, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. During the break, we were kind of talking about some things. But before I do that, once again, thank you to WYSL and WACK for letting libertarians have the airwaves an hour a day, Monday through Friday. So go ahead, Diane. Let's talk about it. Let's let's get let's break it down. What Zelensky was a comedian, right? Like, well, I, he's yeah. an actor. Yeah, he was a comedian. He was brought in because people thought he was for peace. He's Jewish. He speaks Russian. What happened in this coup that I was starting to talk about, run by the Obama administration, was they overthrew the elected government and brought in a bunch of people who were followers of Stepan Bandera, who was famous collaborator of Adolf Hitler in Ukraine, killed thousands of Jews, Poles, Russians, very, very brutally. And they support him to this day. They actually hold torchlight vigils marching around behind photographs of the guy. So shortly after Yanukovych was overthrown, Russian speakers in Ukraine were getting very brutally treated. There was a horrible massacre in Odessa where they were herded into a building and locked in and the building was burned down. Uh, And and this is why, for example, Crimea was not invaded or annexed by Putin. The people of Crimea held a referendum and they voted overwhelmingly to leave the Nazis in Ukraine. And so hold on. So I I just want to I want to push back a little bit here. We are when we, we start talking about Nazis in Ukraine. Basically, people are are completely discounting that that I want to call it a narrative without insulting you. Like, but the conversation should still be had. They're saying that this is a false flag that there are not white supremacist Nazis in Ukraine, and you're saying that there are, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And you, anyone can look. You can look up Stepan Bandera. Look up the Azov battalion azov they have this insignia which looks a little bit like a swastika but they regularly carry swastika flags they're total white supremacists violent hateful and um i thought scott ritter do you know that name i don't not off the top of my head former un weapons inspector uh extremely credible and i just wanted to read you a tweet that he put out i'm trying to find here it is One, imagine if the U.S. Army had a few brigades of white supremacists who celebrated the KKK, wore the robes, burned the crosses, and actively lynched blacks. Would it be okay for the rest of the Army to say, hey, don't worry, we're not all like that? Oh, oh, this is the Ukrainian army. And this is from now. I, I, I'm it, it's coming to me who Scott Ritter was when you said he was a weapons inspector. OK, so he's the one that tweeted this out and he he has some credibility nationally, internationally. Right. Like he yeah. he was pretty legit. Yeah. He was a good communicator. Yeah, he honestly, tried like, to stop the Iraq war. He said they don't have weapons of mass destruction. Honestly, the Iraq war and that Iraq situation is one of the reasons I, I started moving towards libertarianism. I was a conservative. I I believed in compassionate conservative. It was a bill of goods that was sold to me that I thought 
okay, right, smaller government, more freedom, economic freedom for everyone, and we can still give a crap about people that are poor, right? Like, so I thought that that was a good way to go. And then it turned out that that, that was, we, we started fighting wars that we didn't have evidence for, things like that. It was a very disappointing time for me. It was very rude awakening, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so there's Nazis in Ukraine, and they've been particularly killing Russians. And they've been, for the last eight years, they've killed over 14,000 people in the Donbass, this region of what they call the breakaway republics, which Putin finally recognized in order to come to their defense. And no one hears about that, right? The 14,000 Russians that have been killed in the last eight years. In this yeah, region. no, I, I see a little bits about it on Twitter, but again, like... I always go to the mainstream media is like this operation gaslight. Like it, it's, it exists to sell advertising and it does, it sells advertising by selling misery and using nationalism. Like when, when appropriate, like they, they hated Donald Trump and they called him a rabid nationalist. And, and they said that he was propping up white supremacists. And now here we are. Like, I'm just not convinced of anything, right? That That's where I'm at with the media. Right. Well, let's go back to the Berlin Wall coming down. Because in 1990, in February, James Baker III had meetings with Shevardnadze and I think Gorbachev. And he promised, and many witnesses are coming forward and saying that this did occur, that NATO would not expand, that NATO would not move one inch to the east and, 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 and yeah and so look i, I do want to i apologize for for interrupting you but i do want to no, talk fine. about this this concept of nato expanding towards russia making russia want to defend its build a buffer between them and nato and and so that that to me that theory or that discussion sounds plausible so right please feel free to expand on what you're saying i didn't mean to interrupt but right. i think there's some again we we're, we're trying to dissect things that there's right there's lots of conflicting information and lots of non-information sins of well, omission exactly. lies and stuff like that so going knowing on. that the nazi invasion operation barbarossa june of 1941 killed 27 million russians or people in the soviet union one out of yeah. six people right putin's own older brother died of starvation in the siege of Leningrad. Okay. Um, so one in six, that means every family in Russia had someone who died at the hands of the Nazis in World War II. So for them, allowing Germany to peacefully reunify was a big deal. Right. And they said, we will do this if you agree not to be right up on our borders and James Baker III said, yes, absolutely, we agree. Not one inch. Not Since one then, inch closer to Russia. Right. Since then, about 14 more nations have joined NATO. And Ukraine was the last straw. And this December, Putin sent two treaties to the U.S. basically saying that Ukraine must never have nuclear weapons in it and, and never be part of NATO, that this was a red line. And he also had said publicly that ethnic cleansing against the, I'm not sure how many millions of ethnic Russian speakers are in this Donbass region, but he said, if you begin ethnic cleansing there, that is also a red line. I will not allow that. 
So that those are the things like my friend Kevin and I, when we do our show on Friday, he regularly points out that what he calls it is the Russian troll game is strong, right? And Putin saying that he's going in to protect Russian people, R- Russian descendants from violence is a troll. And you're saying that that's not, that's not true, right? No, he's saying since what he put forward as reasonable and legitimate demands, just like Kennedy could not have nuclear missiles in Cuba, what Putin said was totally reasonable, but since the West totally ignored it. And then what they also don't tell you is there were a hundred and a hundred thousand Ukrainian troops attacking the Donbass and one day they dropped 1,600 shells and mortars. That was two days before Putin recognized those republics. Um, So he was responding to this and he said, we're gonna demilitarize Ukraine and we're gonna denazify Ukraine. We wanna get rid of the Nazi elements in Ukraine. Okay. That's what he said. And now I would just say it's the fog of war. I think it's uh, impossible to really get a sense of what's going on. My sen- I believe that they haven't killed large numbers of civilians because I think we would see it all over the press if they did. Yeah. I don't think we have more Americans being killed in homicides right now. Right. Well, we do have a problem with violence that I feel was exacerbated by the government response to covid over the last couple of years, um, we certainly took opportunity and, and interest away from a lot of young people who then get involved in black market situations. And it, I mean, there, there's got to be a solution to that. But if if our dollar is going to collapse, the the international currency is going to collapse. That that's right. not very hopeful. No, what we are doing to Russia is like this, and I guess people can see me. A guy walks into a bank points a gun at his head and says, give me all your money or I'll shoot. That's what we are doing. That's what we are doing by to with our Russia. sanctions or with. Yeah, with- the sanctions, because we're destroying ourselves. Germany right. is going to have no energy. They're not the pipeline shutting down. You know, we're going to have no fertilizer, no food. It, who does this benefit? I I don't know. Like, who does it benefit? Like, it does do. Like mass chaos, who's if you're with global Britain and you think the world really should only have a billion people and they should be squawking baboons with a life expectancy of 26, I guess you want to get rid of fossil fuels and space programs and you know, yeah, Malthusians have been around forever, right? They're they're always talking about how there's too many people on earth, and and the world has been about to end. For like so long. Well, I, in the 60s, I can remember crawling under my desk and kissing my butt goodbye, right? And I can remember we were going to run out of topsoil and we were going right. to run out of farms and we were going to run out of food. And we, back, guys, check this out, Diane. You probably remember this. Literally in the 70s, we were running out of oil then, okay? Yeah. It was gone. It was going to be right. done in five years or 10 years. Jimmy Carter lecturing us all from the Oval Office, like, put a, put a sweater right. on and turn your heat down. Guys, Coming up on another break, I am totally going to make Diane change the subject, even though she's passionate about this. It's Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant, joined by Diane Sayer, candidate for U.S. Senate. She's going to take it to the man, Chuck Schumer. And guys, we will be right back after these messages.
WYSL store is now open, and your car's crying for an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, liberty, and the Constitution. Here are just a few available right now. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Hokum. No more masking. Open the freaking schools. Scam alert, January 6th. No vax mandates. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. Support the Second Amendment, and your mask doesn't protect squat. But there's more. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover you know. Be sure to check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worst Morris shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Be free. Make a statement. Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution. Once again, it's Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant. WYSL, WACK. Guys, we're making it happen. The only radio station that I know of that is brave enough, the only radio station is brave enough, to offer libertarians a platform five days a week, Monday through Friday. We we get phone calls from great people. I, 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 Diane has answers to some of these problems that we were just discussing about the Ukraine-Russia thing, about the globalist problems, about the issues of, check this out, guys, like, the fertilizer thing, you've all saw it in the news. It's absolutely huge. We're already experiencing huge amounts of inflation in our food chain. If we give, how do, Diane, I, I, sometimes I feel like, I want to be honest about something. I think sometimes libertarians are imperfect about foreign policy. I, I we, we want no wars. We're anti-violence. We're pro-self-defense. We're, we're, we get into issues where I think sometimes we need to expand our our ideas, our own ideas about how to handle foreign policy. So right now we, we, we offered a bunch of problems. It's up to you, Diane, solve these problems for everyone. (laughs) I think uh, (laughs) to solve this, I'd have to be president of the United States and that's not a bad idea, but (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Why not? Right. Right. Look uh, at this point, and LaRouche's widow, Helga Zepp LaRouche, who founded an international organization called the Schiller Institute, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R, and I'd encourage people to go there, put out an appeal. It's a petition. What she's saying, and I strongly agree, is that at this point, you can. there is no solution to this. There's no, even if Russia and Ukraine came to some agreement and Ukraine agreed to not join NATO, given that you're taking Russia out of the SWIFT system and blowing up the whole system, you actually have to have a conference of nations, sovereign nations. You're going to have to reorganize the entire strategic architecture. No more NATO, no more the way that people think. Nations are going to have to come together and agree that no nation is going to make a policy that threatens the security of another nation. And if you say that's impossible, never happen. Well, if you look at the Treaty of Westphalia, which ended the religious wars that really had gone on for about 150 years. The 30 years war ended in 1648. You would have said it's impossible. You know how bloody religious wars are. I mean, people torture each other and poke their eyes out and cut their fingers. I mean, it's 
horrible. Right. This is true. So, there is a dark period of history where we were fighting religion, right. of course. Absolutely. So how likely would it be that these people come together and say, you know what? If we continue this, we will all be dead. Therefore, we are going to sign a treaty that no, that every one acts in the interest of their neighbor that you take no action that is not in the interest of someone else and today people would say that's impossible forget it but i say it, it looked pretty impossible then if people realize that we are not going to survive because we're on like this close to this going over the edge to perhaps a nuclear war I believe that because of the irrationality of the West. We have deluded, arrogant lunatics running this country right now. Oh, perfect. I absolutely, I endorse that message. I they, they, I, I think that's great. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was, no. that was absolutely perfect. That we, we, we are there. So I'll, I'll be honest, though. What your treaty sounds a little bit like a libertarian philosophy at the core root of libertarianism is the non-aggression principle that you you have to pledge as a human being to not aggress against your neighbor, to not aggress against your friend. You have to pledge that to to, and most humans are willing to do that. It's just somehow they get caught up in this this love of power. And I just see this, the Malthusians love power and they, they seem to be fully in charge right now. Like, well, they hate humanity. Now, the other aspect of these agreements is that you have to reorganize the whole financial system. And in the case of the United States, that means reinstate the Glass-Steagall Act, right? Separate the investment banks from the savings and loan banks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Put that firewall up so your savings account is not used as collateral for some sex pervert like Jeffrey Epstein. I know, right? So, you know, I mean, that's the whole mentality. Why are we in trouble? Well, this is the whole financial district. I'm sorry. They they, they have a disproportionate amount of control. And it, it, like, okay, guys have heard me rant about how inflation is a hidden tax, okay? It's basically, should they, they, they raise the minimum wage and then all of a sudden all, inflation comes out of the woodwork. And then all of a sudden now we're going to war. There's a, a world conflict that's going to make things even more ex expensive. And the re how they pay for it is by devaluing what we have, what they give us to buy our basic necessities with. It's a problem. Right. No, you have to put the system through bankruptcy reorganization and you're going to have to do like what FDR did in the bank holiday where they had local people go through the books of every bank and you're going to decide what's legitimate debt that we're going to restructure and what is illegitimate garbage that we're going to write off because that's what's causing the hyperinflation is we're giving value to something that's valueless. You're going to try and save people's pensions, mortgages, things that are real. And the garbage, you're going to have to let it go. And then the yeah. Federal Reserve, we have to get rid of it, which I know is a libertarian. And that's a very libertarian. We, we, I is. mean, we say it like amen, like people who are very religious, but, like saying amen. We're saying end the Fed. End, end the, the Fed, brother. End the Fed, brother. What libertarians, I think, Fed. don't agree with is that we yeah. need a national bank. We need a national bank right, run yeah. by the Congress which has to be accountable to the people. Uh, which they're not, right? They're, right. They, they don't legislate anymore. They just... No, and the Congress isn't accountable to the people because they've rigged the election. So no one, you can't vote them out. So they don't have to listen to you anymore, which is part of the big problem that we have. 
they, they're entrenched. Their power system yeah. is entrenched. No, yeah. and you know what they did with the ballot access here in New York, right? They threw the, the Libertarian Party off the ballot. Perfect I have to get way. you have to get forty five thousand signatures. It's completely ridiculous. It's it's yeah. next to impossible. And, and guys, if we want more impact on our political structure, we have to take a look specifically at the microcosm that is New York. They they did away with, with third party ballot access. That Libertarians aren't just a, a check off box for the Republican party. Okay. And, and the working families party isn't, is like a checkoff box for the democratic party like that. And then they did that. And then they granted themselves a hundred million dollars as part of the same piece of legislation, a hundred million dollars to run their campaigns with. Like, I don't know how people are not losing their minds over that and saying, how did this happen? How did we get here? And they're saying, take the money out of politics. They took our money and put it in their pockets. That's politics in New York State. That's politics yeah. in New York State. So that was a great segue. You got me onto a different subject. So let's do this. Let's let's go down this road. Why? And you are you everywhere you go. You talk about ballot access. Why is it important to you? Because for us to keep the republic, the the voters have to have some way of expressing their will and having their will mean something. I mean, we're not a democracy. We don't want a democracy. That's mob rule, whoever controls public. That's why we value the filibuster. That's why we value the electoral college. But there has to be a relationship between the people and the government. And I'll tell you something, the British said this just recently in the London Economist, and it really struck me. They were talking about Nigeria, but they said, even the most stable country can be destabilized if you destroy the sacred band of trust between the people and the government. Okay, let's go back to like 1982 for me. I don't know when it happened for you, Diane, but it's been a while. Like there's, there's, I'm going to do a show about like all of the clownish events and all the lies where the government said, this is the way that it is. This is the way that it is. We promise that it's right. And then they were wrong. And, And it's happened hundreds of times and people don't seem to have a memory about it. Yeah, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? I, I, that's, I, think, I mean, that's the other problem I really think has to be addressed is culture. And and as you know, I'm a musician by training. Yep. Um, and, and it has to do with your view of man. Do you think human beings are beautiful? Do you think the human species is a beautiful species? And guys, so on that note, that was beautiful. We're going to head to another break. Diane, I, I, I want you to stay for one more segment. We've got a couple other things to hash out. I want to follow this topic down a little bit further. It's Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant, on A Free Solution. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There 
hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. So before the break, it once again is Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant. But before the break, we were talking about the human being as a, an issue of, of beauty and culture or a, a malignant parasite on the face of the earth. And I think when I when I look around on social media, Diane, I think that fully 50% of the people are convinced that we're a, mal, a malignant parasite destroying the earth. What do you, what do you, you, do you, do you got any feelings about that? I know you do, but I just kind of try to lead you. And I think this is destroying children. I mean, how dare someone tell a child that you're just a carbon footprint destroying the earth? No wonder they're on drugs and committing suicide and homicide. And it's really sick. Um, No, I was thinking about the French revolution. This is what worries me so much about the United States. Uh, because in France, they hope to have a revolution like the American Revolution, which was extraordinary. But what it went was. into it, it was all the way from Joan of Arc to Nicholas of Cusa and Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz. What was it? We say life, liberty, and not property. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is an idea from Leibniz. Not pleasure, but happiness. What what makes one happy really is that you're contributing something to the immortality of mankind. Thank you. I love this. I love this philosophical topic. Go. This is great. I love it. I'd love it. Do it. Well, that's what's human. No animal does that. No animal says, I'm going to build this house for my grandchildren. I'm going to plant a tree for my son to sit under. I mean, right. animals don't do that. No, and they don't change the way the beavers do what they build these cute little houses, but they haven't changed them for, you know, it doesn't they, happen. There are no beaver architects. They find right. a, they find a, a, a slow running stream. They put some sticks in it and they kill a bunch of trees. That's what they do. OK, and, and yes, it's good for soil. Yes, it builds nice environmental centers. I get it. But also wipes out roads and stuff like that. So like I like beavers. I get it. They're nature's engineer, but they're not real engineers. They're not that creative. They do the same right. thing over and over again. It's just a yeah. genetic. Program. No, so it's only the human species that can we actually change our species at will. Because we we master, somebody makes a discovery, and if you have a just society that values that, then that discovery becomes part of the new platform of society. Like whoever was the first person who figured out how to burn wood. Well, suddenly you're not eating raw meat. Suddenly you're cooking food. Makes you live a lot longer. I yes, I had these conversations with my fifteen year old when we do our little adventuring, right? Like, how did we how did we get to where we have fire to heat our homes? Like, and now we use little tanks of gas to, to spread heat throughout our entire building. Like, what what was the process? Like, it went from some guy finding a, a burning piece of wood, right? I saw a movie about it too, so this kind of helps with my. But 
somebody finds a burning piece of wood, they got to transport it back to their tribe and they've got to figure out how to keep that fire going. And then at some point it clicks, they see a spark and they're like, all right, that lit up this tinder. It's just a trial and error and life or death made them that way. But it's not only that. See, the incredible thing about a human is you can make an hypothesis about something you haven't seen yet. Or right? Even and, if you've only seen parts of it, you can you right. can fill in the rest yourself and, and then test that theory without... Precisely. And yeah. then, so then you make a new discovery about nature, which gives you more power over nature. And, and now that's like evil. You're not even supposed to say you're destroying Mother Earth. But... This is the most amazing, exciting thing. And the environmentalist movement, the green, whatever you want to call them, is so arrogant. It's like there's nothing left to discover. We've discovered it all. And therefore, we've reached the carrying capacity. And you should just drop dead. You you are hitting some high notes with things that I, I struggled with my whole life, right? Like, do we want better for our children and how do we define that better? Don't we let them define it for themselves? And and have we reached the epitome? Like, I want to be done arguing over roads, Diane. I've had this conversation like roads could be could have been behind us if we didn't dedicate so much arguing and money and percentages of our resources for roads. We'd have flying cars. I'm serious. Human beings are that capable. We would have created these things to answer better to to better answer our future, right? So I, I love these subjects. I got to segue off or move into our buddy, Thomas Daniel Queter, who is also running as a libertarian for United States Senate. And I want you two guys to be the front runners. How do we make that happen? You got any ideas? People are going to have to do some organizing. You're going to have to be courageous because people say, oh, you'll never win. Schumer has blah, blah. And millions. Course, he has millions of dollars. That's a reality, right? He has yeah, an he entire is. Democratic Party that is profiting in New York State. And guys, Republican Party, guess what? Republican Party's not profiting in New York State. That's why you guys don't get any help, okay? Sorry, dumping a bad deal on you guys. But So go ahead. We got to beat a machine. Well, yeah, and it, I'll tell you, I mean, maybe you saw my little confrontation with Chuck Schumer at the cocktail party. No. Oh, oh. my God, you got to get me a clip of that. That would be so cool. I, gotta, <laughs> right. I didn't I'll see it. I'm it sorry. Because doing that, I have to say, really takes guts. Every time I've done it, and I don't haven't done a whole lot, but there are various people where you go to a meeting, and you're supposed to be respectful, and you're supposed to listen to the guy, and you oh. know that you're going to stand up, and not even loud, but just so everyone can hear you and say hello. What I did was he was at this cocktail party and he came in bragging and he was the main speaker. So everyone's standing around with speaker. drinks I'm, and I'm he comes in and he's bragging. He said, you know, I was just with this hip hop band in Staten Island and gave, they gave me the nickname Killer Chuck. And then he does a rap. I'm Killer Chuck and the I'm the something rapper and blah, blah. So I what, hang on. What's things that never really happened for a thousand, Alex? That never really happened. Chuck Schumer is is not telling the truth. But go ahead. I finished this. <laughs> well, so then I walked right up to like five feet from him and started yelling, excuse me, excuse me. You were right when you said you are a killer. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then I said, we have this disaster unfolding in Afghanistan. 
And he says, ma'am, ma'am, this is not a political event. And I said, yes, it is a political event. You're here and I'm running for Senate against you because of your policies. Uh, and I said, after 9-11, you voted. And by then he, there was a commotion and people were surrounding me to try and take me out. But they were so dumb, they didn't take me out of the room. So I just waited. And then I <laughs> interrupted him again. And then they really did take me out of the room. But I That's think so we, awesome. We need can we, can we charge that. anybody with assault for this? Like, did they assault you? Can we can we break news on the radio? Can we just no? I mean, I didn't Diane Sayer. That would make yeah, news. I that didn't put up news. that much of a fight or go limp and make them drag me out or anything. <laughs> I just I wanted to kind of annoy him. I wanted to unnerve him. And I think people see why do we let these people get away and just tell us a bunch of crap that's not true i don't I know people, we don't you right, don't, no. don't thomas Creeder doesn't we don't right but no one listens well we have to do it in their public meetings where it's improper and they get mad at you and then they'll call us domestic terrorists i guess which is what's happening at the school board meetings but yeah. it, it's like a truth squad and I would say that with the election, because everyone says, well, you know what's going to happen. And I don't know why you try. And why are you running as an independent? And I'll say, well, because the Republicans and Democrats obviously have a deal. Otherwise, Schumer wouldn't have been in there for 42 years in Washington. And the, they're going to run these two nobody candidates now, um, Alex Michi and a guy named Joe Pinion. I went on Joe Pinion's website I wanted to see where he stood on anything. He doesn't stand anywhere. I know. I know. And, and to my Republican friends, that's that's and a lot of them agree that that's an issue with with what's going on in the Republican Party. They they don't take stands and the Democrats promise things that they can't deliver. And And between those two things, we fight over impossibilities and improbabilities and they do it to us every single day. And that's a problem. Yeah, and then everyone says, why are you running? It's a waste of time. Is well, it? <laughs> you, what else am I going to do? I'm going to save the world. I can't just do it by sitting at home not running. I can't do it by writing letters to the editor. I have to confront what I perceive as the problems in society. I, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with Thomas. I, I am... I'm with Larry Sharp, okay? Larry Sharp went to the GOP convention this past week. He made all sorts of friends, took selfies with all sorts of people. And and frankly, you're right. That's what it's going to take. We have to go there. We have to have conversations like this. And we have to be popular. And hopefully what I'm offering here is popular. People like Diane, people like Thomas Daniel Queter, People like Rich Pertel, okay? The the guts and the grit that WYSL has by having us on is is just, it's amazing. And it, it does spark a little tiny piece of hope for the future for me, as do you, as does Thomas Daniel Queter. Like, it's real to me. This is tangible. Yeah, You know, I don't know. What do you think? I Sometimes I think I'm losing my mind. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think there's the principle of natural law and that you cannot oppress people indefinitely I agree. Um, and we saw that when the berlin wall came down and that was non-violent by the way yeah uh but people were prepared to get run over with tanks because they made a certain decision that it wasn't worth living that way anymore 
Yeah, Diane, listen, I had an absolute blast with this show. Uh, as I've said to you, to your face, when we've met at these events, you are a brave soul. You are a kindred spirit. This stuff is awesome, what you're trying to do. I want to see you and Thomas Daniel Queter. I want you guys to be the front runner of the political discussion of who we're going to send to represent New York, to represent our kids in the future, to represent and change the future. That's that's what I want to have happen. So we're coming up on a hard break. It's the end of the show. Diana. An hour flew by. I got to thank, once again, WYSL and WACK and the folks all over the internet. It's Tim O'Connor, the Freedom Variant. I'll be back next week. Oh, wait, I'll be back Friday with Kevin. I'll talk to you later.